Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today I'm going to teach you how to read 100 books in a year. Does that, does that sound impossible? Like, did that sound kind of like, whoa, I don't think that's even going to happen. It's not impossible. In fact, I've done it before. And there are some very simple steps you can use to make the whole process a lot easier. Even if your goal is four books this year or 10 books this year, I'll show you how to hit it. But first, I want to tell you about something amazing that's coming up. So last year, I hosted something called the Free five-day overcoming overthinking challenge for the first time ever. I called it the double OC and thousands of people joined and we spent a week together learning how to ditch overthinking so that we could spend more time doing the things that matter most. I was kind of stuck at home. I wasn't traveling a lot for work and I figured, okay, I've got all these ideas. I want to share them with as many people as possible. What if I host a five-day event where I teach for an hour every day in a row and we'll have a ton of fun? And we did. Um, we built what might be the nicest online community on the planet. Do you remember when the internet was kind for like those 10 minutes it existed? The first 10 minutes, it was super kind. And then like minute 11, all these trolls just showed up. We built a community that was like old school internet. It was super nice. There's actually more than 14,000 people in the community. And it was so much fun. And so many people used the challenge to write books, get in shape, work on side hustles, and a billion other goals that we decided to bring it back again this year. So starting on Monday, April 11th, I'm doing five days of free live training to help you overcome overthinking. And if you can't make it live because, you know, you have like jobs and, and taxes and stuff and like Little League and swim meets, no, no problem. We'll send you daily video replays. So just like in previous challenges, I've, I've done a bunch of these. I'll be going live for five days to teach you the secrets to beating overthinking that I've shared with companies like Comedy Central, Range Rover, the NFL Players Association, and hundreds of others. So let's talk content. Here's what you're going to learn. On Monday, April 11th, I'm going to teach you how to use empathy to overcome overthinking. Here's how I personally define empathy, by the way. It's understanding what someone needs and acting on it. There's two parts, understanding what someone needs and acting on it. On Tuesday, April 12th, I'll teach you how to navigate change and create some new soundtracks for some side hustle goals. Anyone else gone through some changes in the last two years? Any, anybody? Yeah, me, me too. I can't wait to show you how to make the most of all these changes. On Wednesday, April 13th, I'll teach you how to build resilience and create new soundtracks for writing goals. So right now, if you're like, I might want to write a book someday, you're definitely going to want to watch Wednesday's episode, April 13th. On Thursday, April 14th, I'll teach you how to hustle and create new soundtracks for health goals. And last but not least, on Friday, April 15th, I'll teach you how to write a new anthem for your life. There's going to be homework, prizes. There's going to be an amazing Lego set that you can't get anywhere um, that I'm going to give away. Because of course, if I'm doing prizes, they're going to be fun prizes. There's going to be a moderated, super awesome community and so much more. And the whole thing is free. Does that sound like a lot? It, it is. It's a ton. But don't worry, I talk very fast. Don't miss it. Sign up today at acuff.me slash challenge. That's my last name, A-C-U-F-F dot M-E slash challenge. Right now, if you're thinking, do I struggle with overthinking? Do I overthink things? Am I an overthinker? 
The, um, the answer is probably yes. Don't overthink it. It's free. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see you inside the challenge. Sign up today at acuff.me slash challenge. And, and P.S. I don't know if you can do P.S.'s on podcasts, but I'm going to. What if you've already taken the Overcoming Overthinking Challenge? What if you're like, I did that last year and I had so much fun? Awesome. No problem. The challenge is still for you. A lot has changed in the last year. So there's a great opportunity to check in on some new soundtracks that might have developed since the last time we did this. Sign up today at acuff.me slash challenge. It's going to be a blast. I don't want you to miss it. Every time I do something like this, like a week after, two weeks after, somebody goes, ah, I wish I had known. This is your shot. Acuff.me slash challenge. All right. Let's talk books, specifically reading books. I read 156 books in 2017. In the year 2017, which feels like 19,000 years ago with COVID, like my, my sense of a calendar is all over the place. I read 156 books in 2017. How? I used the tips that I'm about to share with you. Why did I read that many books? Because reading refills your idea bank. That's right, your idea bank. We all have one of those. It's this depository of ideas floating about our heads. Know why it's hard to think of the right thing to say in a meeting? Know why it's difficult to be interesting on a date? Know why you're intimidated by the blank page if you're a writer? Your idea bank is empty. You haven't been actively filling it. The ideas are stale. The resources are limited and thin. I actually don't believe in writer's block. I don't. I believe in idea bankruptcy. If you ever get stuck, it means that your idea bank account is empty. Reading changes that. It replenishes your ideas. You might not need them today. You might not even need them next month. But at some point, you'll have to be creative. And when that happens, you'll be glad your storehouse is overflowing with ideas. So how do you read 100 books in a year without skimming or speed reading? I've tried that before. Oh my gosh, I've probably purchased half a dozen speed reading books. Every now and then, like I'd say once every three years, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to become one of those dudes or like those people that speed reads and they're like flipping so fast. I buy the book. I read like four pages. I'm like, this doesn't seem enjoyable and I quit. So how do you read 100 books in a year without skimming or speed reading? Well, I have a list of ideas for you because I love a list. So here's what you do. Number one, start with your bookshelf. Don't make going to the store or shopping for a new book an unnecessary barrier to beginning. I want this to be as easy as possible. If you're like me, you probably own some books right now that you haven't read yet. So don't put a barrier up. Don't go, well, as soon as I know, then, you know, I've got to go to the store. I've got to go on Amazon. I got to find a new book. Like, no, 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 no. Start with your bookshelf. Number two, don't prioritize. Nothing wastes time like trying to have a perfect list of books. Don't, don't do that. At most, I know the next two or three books I might read. So if you hear me say, hey, here's how to read 100 books in a year, or here's how to read 10 books in a year, whatever your number is, don't say, okay, I have to prioritize the books I'm going to read in this order. Number three, go to the library. One of the excuses that you'll try to use is that, ugh, reading 100 books feels expensive. It is. So go to the library and wear out that library card. One of my favorite episodes of this podcast was the interview I did with Colleen Berry. I don't know if you've heard that episode. It's amazing. She went from being a secretary to the CEO of the company she works at. Super encouraging episode. But she talks about how she got a library card MBA when she really decided, you know what? I'm, I'm going to level up. I'm going to get on a new level. She went to the library and got what she called a library card MBA. I love that. Number four. 
keep track of your progress. You'd be shocked how many people do challenges like this and they don't have a list of the books they read. I think you can have a lot of fun just keeping track of them. For me, um, this year, I'm keeping track of my books on Goodreads. I've never been a big Goodreads guy. And then I realized, wait a second, I write books. People that read books are using Goodreads. I should be on Goodreads. That was kind of a dumb eureka moment. It's the same why, reason I got on LinkedIn. I wrote a career book called Do Over about building an amazing career. And I wasn't active on LinkedIn. And so I had a kind of a eureka moment. I was like, duh, I should be on LinkedIn. You've got to keep track of your progress. It's such a little boost of encouragement. Number five, never finish a book without at least one new one to start. It's easier to keep an engine going than it is to restart it after it's stopped. So I always like to have at least one book after the one I'm about to finish. Because if I finish a book and then I wait on it, it's like moss grows on the rock. And then it's like a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, I look up and it's been a month and I haven't read a book. So have the backup book ready. Number six, don't read the acknowledgements, the research notes, or the study guide in books. Sometimes, in my opinion, things like study guides are added at the last minute to pad a book and offer zero value. That's actually one of my hot takes with books. Um, whenever somebody's like, oh, it's got a six-page study guide, I think, ugh, useless. They added that at the last second. Usually the author didn't even write it. It's a bunch of questions. And some of it is like, the idea that there's like hundreds of small groups reading your book, unless it's a small group study, obviously. Like if it's some book that's designed to be a small group study, completely different scenario. But for the average book, a study guide is just thrown at the last second so they can put a little sticker on the front that says, now with a bonus study guide, skip the parts of the book like that. No acknowledgements, no research notes, no study guides. Number seven, this one's crazy. Only read books you want to read. Don't read books you find boring or try to better yourself by reading about a topic you don't understand and secretly hate. Don't read the book you should read. If, if some book is hot right now and you read the back cover and you're like, ugh, or if you have a friend that's like, you gotta read this. It's so funny when people do book recommendations, they say like, this book wrecked me. This is the greatest thing ever. And then you feel this pressure to read it and maybe it's not a genre you even like or maybe it's not a topic you care about. Only read books you want to read. That's tip seven. Tip eight, have more than one book going at a time so that you can read fiction at night and nonfiction during the day. No one wants to curl up in bed with a financing book. I always have at least three books going. One for my head, one for my heart, and one for fun. So a head book might be like Happy Money. I just finished reading that. That was a head book. It was about finances and how to change the way you look at money. That was a head book. Um, a heart book might be a devotional I'm reading or something that's challenged me on a heart level. A fun book is fiction. I'm reading like a village mystery about like some retired um, like MI5 guy or like former CIA guy that lives in a village now and there's thatched roofs and like somebody's dead. Somebody died in the village and he doesn't want to come out of retirement, but he's going to have to. Like that's a fun book to me you know, Jack Reacher books are fun books to me. So I always have like three going at the same time. Number nine, mix up the genres. I don't care how much you love a subject. You'll get bored if you try to read a hundred books in the same category. They'll start kind of like folding together. The one exception to this might be James Altiger. I don't know if you're familiar with James Altiger, super successful author, super successful podcaster. 
One year, I think he said he read hundreds of chess books. He's a chess master. So he read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of chess books. But that to me is like a whole different level. In general, I think you should mix up the genre so that you keep it fresh. Number 10, expand your definition of what counts. Do you, do you want to read graphic novels? Great. Do you want to read beach books? Great. You make the rules. It all counts. People told me I wasn't reading books that counted when I did my big, massive list of books in 2017. Because I I would put on there like graphic novels or kids books that I thought were interesting, like Ish or The Dot by uh, Peter. I think that's Peter Reynolds. And people, I'd post about them online. They'd be like, "Eh, it doesn't really count. Or, uh, you know, that doesn't count. And I would always think, um, who who is in charge of the John Acuff reading challenge? I feel like it should... It should be John Acuff. Um, I feel like I should be in charge of the John Acuff Reading Challenge. So expand your definition of what counts. Don't let somebody else tell you what does or doesn't count. Number 11, reread your favorites. Reading one you've already read before counts. A favorite for me that I've reread before is uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield um, or The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. I've read those multiple times or a Harry Potter book by J.K. Rowling. Like I'll reread those. Those count on the list. Number 12, read the book version of your favorite show or movie. I loved getting into the Longmire books after I discovered the series on Netflix. The Walt Longmire books are fantastic. They're better than the Netflix series, obviously. They're so much better. But if you've got a movie or a TV show that you're digging and there's actually a book connected to it, go back and read the book. Number 13, listen to audiobooks. Don't think that those count. Please, please refer to point nine. Also, don't be afraid to speed them up if the narrator is slow. Sometimes I'll listen to books at one and a half speed. If I get much faster than that, it gives me like a panic attack. It's too fast. But some narrators on their books are like, and then they saw the thief. Some of y'all have me fast forwarded right now on this podcast. I respect that. That is legit. Step number 14, create listening moments. When will you find time for audiobooks? Well, create some listening moments. Listen on the treadmill. Listen to your commute. Listen while you mow the lawn. Listen while you jog. One of my favorite listening moments or reading moments, because I actually use it for reading sometimes too, is when I get on a plane and I wait for them to shut the door. There's, there's like 17 secret minutes in that little moment. And so I'll get on there and I'll have a book ready and I'll be like, oh, cool. This is free time. It's almost like free minutes in the day that I didn't notice before. And if you'll be deliberate about it, you'll be able to find reading moments. You'll be able to find these creative moments that are hidden that go, hey, yeah, do you want to do you want to read a little bit? You want to read like 10 pages? You want to read five pages? I love little things like that. It's a little step. It really is. But it does actually help you read more. Okay, number 16, make by then goals. Tell yourself, I have a flight on Thursday. By then, I'll be done with this book and get to bring another one on the trip. Use little deadlines along the way. I just did that recently. We just had spring break a few weeks ago and I was in the middle of a novel and I could see spring break on my calendar. Like I could see the day we were flying out and I thought, I wanna bring a whole new book on that spring break. And it encouraged me because I said, by then, I'm going to be done with this. So come up with a couple by then goals. Number 17, chip away at long books. Chip away at very long books. It might take me three months to read an 800 page tome, like a book as thick as like the phone book. Do you remember the phone book? They used to throw them in your driveway. 
that's fine. I have an entire year to finish this book. So I'll break big books into small chunks. I'll knock out like five pages at a time, 10 pages at a time. All right. Number 18. Buy multiple copies if that helps. I don't do this all the time, but sometimes I own the digital and the paper version and the audio version of a book I like because I know I'm going to be in different contexts during my day. So I might want to listen to the audio book while I'm headed to the airport. I might want to read the actual book when I'm on the plane. Um, now, obviously, as somebody who writes books, this, this is definitely something I'll always encourage you to do. It's like, buy lots of books, buy lots of books. But I have found in my own life, if I have it in more than one context, I can read it in more than one context and it helps. All right. Number 19, make the pages a game. Fun goals win. Find ways to make the pages you read matter in silly ways. This is ridiculous. But for instance, you can pretend you're reading for a test in high school. Would you pass the test where you are in the book right now? If you said, okay, if you had to take a test in the middle of this book, would you pass? If your page total was a batting average, would you make the all-star game? Ebooks are the best for this because they track the percentages for you. I love making a little game out of the pages. Number 20, make it public. Share your goal to get some external motivation. Posting one, like posting a book you finish online, is also a great way to find new books to read since people will suggest their favorites. When you said, I just read this book on finances and I loved it, somebody in the comments will go, oh, have you ever seen The Psychology of Money? That's a book. Like, have you checked that one out? You'll get other recommendations and you'll get the encouragement of other people being along the goal with you. All right, number 21. Use a short book to get unstuck. Don't read five long books in a row or you'll get discouraged. Throw some short books in the mix to get some wins along the way. Number 22, read instead of blank. Read instead of blank. During the reading challenge, my TV watching went down. I'm okay with that. Switch out something you don't care about that much for reading. Say, okay, I'm going to read instead of scroll on Instagram tonight. Or I'm going to read instead of just float around on my phone. Add some reading instead of something else. Number 23, go fun after dull. If you end up reading a boring book, make sure that the next one is a blast. Two or three dull ones in a row can wreck the whole challenge. Number 24, finish what you start. The year I read 156 books, I only quit one. It just got super weird and kind of filthy in the middle and wasn't what I expected at all. I was like, what, the, what is this? So do your best to finish the books or a habit of quitting will, will take root. And also, if you find yourself wanting to quit like five books, 10 books, you might be reading the wrong kind of books. Again, go back to that rule. Don't force yourself to read books you don't enjoy. Read the books you enjoy. So if you notice, wow, like this is the third book that I want to quit, because I think there can be this tension. I love that Austin Kleon talks about that. Like, Give up on a book you don't like. Like, I think that that can be wise in certain situations. But if you notice that you're quitting again and again and again and again, and you never get the joy of finishing, maybe you're just reading the wrong books. Number 25, vary your pace. One month, I read a book every day. Like, I, I hustled hard on it. I didn't read the whole book every day, obviously, but I, I read some every day. I had a chunk every day. I hustled hard. I added a lot of new books to my list. During other months, I read at a much slower pace. I mean, I could read more on spring break because we were just sitting out by the pool. I read four books during spring break because I was just sitting by the pool. I don't have that luxury in my regular life. There's no world where I could read like that same amount of reading during a workday. 
So vary your pace. 26, try discount services like Kindle Unlimited. It's a great way to cut the cost of your reading challenge. Also the library, I already gave the library a shout out. Number 27, turn pages into currency. Do you want to watch TV? Pay a 10 page toll first, promising yourself that you'll read 10 pages before you turn on Netflix. Do you want some ice cream? That's five pages. You get the picture. Make it a fun reward. Like I get to do this thing I want to do once I've knocked out my reading goal. And speaking of rewards, number 28, the final point, give yourself a reward. The previous point is about rewards for pages, but what about a reward for each book or a reward for for 10 books or a reward for 100? Spur your progress with celebrations along the way. We actually, my wife and I paid our kids. We've paid them for the last two years to read a list of books. I need to share that list at some point, Um, but we picked 15 books and we paid them money to read it. And they've done so much better in school and on their ACT because a lot of those standard testing are about reading comprehension. And there was a bunch of books that they weren't reading in high school. And we thought, oh, we want to fortify what they're reading. And so now like when we went on spring break, it was so fun to see my oldest daughter. The book she packed was For Whom the Bell Tolls, Ernest Hemingway. Like I love that. She was at the pool and she wasn't like making TikToks or whatever, which is fine if you want to make TikToks. But she was reading For Whom the Bell Tolls. And I was like, that girl's getting smart right now. That's what's up. And we 100% paid her. And it's been really fun to watch that change her relationships with books. Even the things they learn. One of my daughters said to me, dad, I didn't realize in that Taylor Swift song what she meant when she said the scarlet letter. Like there's some Taylor Swift song where there's a lyric about the Scarlet Letter. And then they read the Scarlet Letter and they're like, oh, so that's when they, they read Catch-22 and they're like, oh, that's where that came from. And so it opens up their world. But again, we use the reward. So don't be afraid to do that with your own kids. Don't be afraid to do that with yourself. If you crush some reading goal, give yourself a reward. I hope this will help you read more books. I mean, I I recently read in the book I just mentioned, Happy Money by Elizabeth Dunn and Michael Norton, that the average American watches the equivalent of two months a year of television. Let me repeat that because that is bonkers. The average American watches the equivalent of two months a year of television. And then people tell me they're too busy for their goals. Like sometimes I get get spicy about that one. So it's like, I'm just so busy. I don't have time to, to do all my goals. I don't have time. You got time, dude. You got time. Now, I like TV. There are so many good shows on TV right now. So I'm not anti-TV. I'm not, I think it's Luddites. Were Luddites the people that hated technology? But I'm definitely more pro-book. And if you want to be a little more too, then try some of the suggestions on this list. You don't have to do them all. There were 28 items. That was a long list. I told you, I like, I like lists. But just try some of them. And if you want to overcome overthinking, don't miss the free challenge I'm doing starting April 11th. You can sign up today at agap.me slash challenge. Five days, five virtual events with me, dozens of tips, tricks, and tools to learn how to build a winning mindset, and thousands of the most encouraging people you've ever met in the best community online. And it's all free. It's 100% free. Don't miss it. agap.me slash challenge. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. The reviews you write are super encouraging. So make sure you subscribe or follow or whatever it is the kids are saying these days and please write a review. I'll see you next week. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. 
To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.